jogging is very beneficial. It's good for your legs and your feet. It's also very good for the ground. It makes it feel needed. The first time I see a jogger smiling, I'll consider it. Hello and welcome to episode 338 of Under the Cow of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode all about health and MS. Uh, first quote was from Charles M. Schultz from Peanuts. And the second quote was from Joan Rivers. I just felt they went together good. So Today, 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 today. Still trying to wake up. It's been a rough week. I think we're having a variety of little flare-ups. Hopefully not a major exasperation, just flare-ups. Because we're starting to have a bunch of new neuropathic pains and new visual issues lately. Uh, Yesterday, I was just sitting down doing some work on the computer and stuff, and all of a sudden, my optic issues just went off the charts. Uh, Felt like I'm falling all over the place, tipping, I'm lightheaded, I'm weak. Uh, Took a shower and forgot how to bathe. Uh, Got out of the shower, forgot how to dry off. the visual issues have just lots of vertigo stuff going on. Lots of tippy, turny, wobbly, weak, uh, disoriented type issues. I'm going to, after this today, after I do this episode, I think I'm going to run some errands and see how things go since it is supposed to be 40 again today and then tomorrow 20 so better take advantage of the nice weather maybe get some things I want to get for the Super Bowl since I invited a couple people over for that so I gotta make sure I got some drinks and munchies for everybody. And today is National Pizza Day. So I guess I know what I'm making for dinner. <laughs> it's going to be an easy one today. Second day this week that we'll have pizza. <laughs> Might even have pizza on Super Bowl Sunday too. So I do have a Bratsky style. Zubratsky or something like that. Style pizza out there. Uh, maybe we'll do that or actually I think it was a Philly steak type pizza that I was thinking about for the Super Bowl get together that way I can just make a couple sides maybe like a taco dip and cheese and sausage platter and then I don't have to worry about anything else I can just 
have a few drinks, enjoy myself. Pick myself up a fresh bottle of Terramani tequila the other day. <laughs> the Rocks tequila. Got the white bottle back. Finished off the brown one last week. But, uh, yeah, I put it on my shelf out in the garage. I noticed there's a brown bag on the shelf, and I pull that out, and here's uh, another bottle of Terramani in that bag. So I think I'm good for tequila for a while. Uh, but, yeah, the health problems are just amped up this week for some reason. I do not know why. I don't know if it's because of the blood drawing and the knee injections and all that, if that's set it off or what. But uh, I was happy about my blood test results, and then I got tons of results the day before yesterday, and then yesterday, later on, I was sitting there, and two more results came in to my chart, and my T and B cell counts, a lot of them are high or low, so I guess I do have some shitty results. I had some, everything else was good, but now that we're hitting into the T and B cells, the lymphocytes and all that, those parts of the test, now we're starting to see the problem areas. So that was a bummer. I was hoping that the test I read the thing before that were all the numbers. And now I, I got these. So now I got to, I'm sure I'll get a call from my neurologist before the weekend about that. We'll find out where we're sitting, but we are only six months in, so I don't expect the TNB cells to be fully back. But I was happy with the results so far, so we'll see what happens in the long run, the second half of the year. I mean, personally, I like I said, and I think I said, I would like to stay off the Maven Clod not do the second year at the second year point i'd rather wait till i start to have issues again and then do my second year but of course right now i'm having a bunch of issues <laughs> so it doesn't eh, it doesn't matter just get it over wipe out the tmb cells a, a second round and then give me few years to get my shit back to growing back to normal and hope it goes good but we'll see six months in time's flying by all right let's see what we can talk about today see if we can pop up any decent things any any interesting stuff uh Start out with multiple cro multiple sclerosis, sclerosis, sclerosis. I can't speak today, so it's gonna be a fun one. The ugly truth about multiple sclerosis. 
talks about the medical research model that has evolved in the U.S. is broken, warped by corrosive influence of blockbuster drugs generating fantastic profits. I can't even remember the numbers. I'll have them for you tomorrow, probably. But yeah, some drug companies are making a nice chunk of money this year. It's like this thing talks about the U.S. Air Force's newest jet fighter, the F-22 Raptor, comes in at a cost of approximately $350 million per airplane. And then... Well, it doesn't give numbers for the MS drugs, but yeah, you compare it to that. That to how much they spend on M- on certain MS drugs, and it's like, yeah, all we're getting is a liquid shoved into our body, but they're paying outrageous amounts. So yeah, this is basically just talking about MS and its cost. They're comparing it to the Holocaust? I don't think so, people. The Holocaust that will likely continue until that public is forced to look upon the contorted faces of the afflicted and is made to understand such a fate could very well be their own. I don't think you should compare MS to any type of societal fuck up but yeah this is just a article article about that that's no good to us uh, let's see how to use a cane correctly whether you're recovering from an injury or just nursing a painful leg a cane can help you maintain mobility to hold and use a cane correctly, you'll need to select the right cane type and length for your needs. They have nice adjustable canes now. They have ones that you can cut an inch at a time off to get it to the right height. or And they have special notches that you can cut them at. And there's also ones with little metal tabs that you can adjust it, the metal canes, to... Whatever height you want. Assess how much help you need. Canes are the lightest walking aid. And transfer weight to your wrist or forearm. They are generally used to aid light injuries or to improve balance. A cane cannot and should not sustain a large portion of your body weight. It's got it when you're tipping over and you pretty much got to put pressure on it. I don't consider them the lightest walking aids anymore now that they have so many different types of canes out there. I got my hook canes pretty heavy. I got sword canes that are pretty heavy. Uh, I've had a metal cane that 
that thing was ridiculous. It was so cold and hard to hold on to. It just that metal texture just doesn't give you any gripping ability, especially when you got hands that can't grip at certain times. So it's just falling out of your hand. Some of the walkers nowadays are getting pretty light. So now the canes are getting bigger. They got the canes with the three prong, the four prong, the stand, the canes that do other things, canes that you can hang jackets on. They got they're going crazy with some of these canes lately. Turning them into mini walkers. Uh they got canes that you can get a little seat that you can tripod it up and sit on a little bench type thing with it that I've seen. Choose your style. Canes come in a variety of forms in order to meet the needs of different users. Variables to assess include grip, which you can get that hard, cold grip like I mentioned, which is hard to hold on to. You can get the cushion grip, uh, you get the ones that have the hand, the finger areas carved into it, give you that nice extra grip. Uh, some canes are meant to be held with your palm and fingers, while others can also provide support for your forearm. Whatever you select, make sure the grip feels solid and manageable, not slippery or too big. And then, yeah, the ones that you strap to your forearms, that way you just don't have to worry about holding on to anything. Uh, shaft, the shaft is the long part of the cane <laughs> and can be composed of wood, metal, carbon fiber, polymer, and other materials. Some shafts are collapsible for easy portability. Uh yeah, I got one cane that breaks down into about a six-inch uh, overall length when it's broken down. And then it's got like five pieces that snap together, form the regular cane when needed. But those are nice to keep in like a glove box or in a, somewhere in your car. For a time that you might need it when you don't think about it and don't have one with you. For rule or if something happens to your cane. I had my one cane we were out and about walking. And I didn't realize the cushion on it was all worn through to the metal. And I used it on a hard surface and it slipped out from underneath me. And I didn't have an extra cane with me. So that would have been nice to have something like that. Available to quickly go grab out of my car. For rule, the tip or bottom of the cane, which was the thing I was just talking about that was worn through, is usually covered in rubber to provide better stability. Some canes have three or four perules at the bottom instead of just one. This enables them to carry more weight and to stand on their own and stuff like that. But it's good to have extra tips on hand in case you need them. Some some canes come with backup tips. And others you're going to have to go to your Walgreens or your pharmacy to get them. 
I have noticed when I went to go get one recently, I could not find it at like three different pharmacies and Walmarts. And then I finally found it at a Walmart. But on their display, they had like four other sizes, which that's getting a little out of hand. I mean, two sizes tops, I would think, for standard sizing for cane boots. Instead of sitting there just putting out a bunch of different sizes and then having to hunt stuff down. Stores don't want to stock, smaller stores don't want to stock every type of size of things. There's no reason they have to had to go beyond two different sizes of ferules or I call them cane boots, tips. But color. Although many canes are plain or unab unadorned you don't have to settle for a pedestrian gray cane if you don't want to you may may even be able to find a customizable cane that matches your personality as much as it supports your frame and they have all kinds of colored and flowered and different design canes out there nowadays um, you can buy colored duct tapes and stuff and design your own canes you can paint your own cane if you want uh, if you have a wooden cane you can do some carving and stuff like that into it if you want to do something like that uh, check the length to select the proper length for a cane stand up straight with your shoes on and arms at your sides the top of the cane should reach the crease on the underside of your wrist if the cane is a proper fit your elbow will be flexed 15 to 20 degrees when you hold the cane while standing so they want it so the cane meets the inside of your wrist that makes about about the right sense Because when I'm holding my cane, I'm just, I gotta lift my hand up just a few inches, grab onto it so I get that slight angle to it while I'm walking. Uh, cane length is usually about one half the cane's user height, user's height in inches wearing shoes. Use this as a rule of thumb. If your cane is too small, you'll need to bend over in order to reach it. If your cane is too big, you'll need to lean over onto your injured side in order to use it. Neither option is idea, ideal. A perfectly fitted cane will keep you upright while provo providing support that you need. Hold the cane using the hand that's on the same side as your good leg. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. If your leg, left leg is hurt, you should be holding the cane in your right hand. If your right leg is hurt, hold the cane in your left hand. And I'm a left hand injured guy. My left side is the worst side. And the side that I have the most MS issues with when things go off. And when I tip, I'm tipping a lot. 
to the right off from the left. I'm not going to answer these stupid telemarketers today. I'm not in the mood. But actually, I might have to take this one. But we will see. Okay. So, yeah. If your left leg is hurt, you should be holding the cane in your right hand. If your right leg's hurt, hold the cane in your left hand. Basically because when humans walk, we stride with our feet and swing our hands at the same time. But when we stride with our left foot, we swing with our right hand. When we stride with our right foot, we swing with our left hand. Handling a cane in the hand opposite our injury replicates this natural arm movement, giving your hand an opportunity to absorb some of your weight while you walk. If you're using a cane for better balance, consider putting it in your non-dormant dominant hand so that you can continue to use your dominant hand for everyday tasks. But if you're using it because you got issues, then put it in the hand opposite the issue side. When you step forward on your bad leg, move the cane forward at the same time and put your weight on them together, allowing the cane to absorb more strain than the leg. Don't use the cane to step with your good leg. As you become accustomed to the cane, it will ideally feel like a natural extension of yourself. It's like it, when I'm reading this, I have to try and visualize my own use of the cane, and it, it all makes sense and is right. But yeah, it's it can be confusing. Just get yourself used to it. Walk around us. A safe area in your home to get to test out the cane when you're first starting to learn how to use a cane. To walk upstairs with a cane, put your hand on the banister if available and place your cane in the other hand. Take the first step with your strong leg, then bring the injured leg up to the same step and repeat. Or if you're like me, you can. Go up the stairs with your hands on the steps <laughs> and crawl up the steps, basically. Uh, to walk. Uh-oh, what just happened here? To walk downstairs with a cane, put your hand on the banister, if available, and place your cane in the other hand. Take the first step with the injured leg and the cane at the same time. Then bring down your strong leg and repeat. And if you don't have a railing to grab onto, then you use your cane the way you normally do, I believe, is how I do it at least. And then they talk about the crutches, the ones that you can put on your forearms and stuff like that. Assess how much help you need if you cannot put any weight on an injury, such as if you're recovering from knee or foot surgery, then you'll need one or two crutches, preferably two for improved balance. 
they'll sustain weight better than canes will and allow you to get around with only one leg. Most crutches are forearm or underarm crutches after you've been told by a doctor to use one or the other. The only thing you need to worry about is the fit. For underarm crutches, the top should be an inch or a little more below your armpit, and the grips should be even with your hips. When walking, place both crutches on the ground about a foot in front of you and lean forward slightly. Move as if you're going to step with your injured side, then shift the weight to the crutches and swing forward between them. Come down on your uninjured leg while holding your injured leg elevated so that no pressure is placed on it. For sitting down and standing up with crutches, put both crutches together in the hand on your good leg side like a long and extra sturdy cane and slowly lower yourself down or up using the crutches for balance. For going up and down stairs with crutches, start by putting both crutches under one arm parallel to the floor, then you can either hop up or down the stairs on your one good leg using a banister for assistance. If I hopped on one leg, I'd probably blow it out. So I don't think that would be a good idea for me. Alternatively, you can lay your crutches down on steps, sit down and pull them along with you as you use your good leg to sit on the next step. So that's... Then some tips. The rubber stoppers on the bottoms of the canes and crutches will need to be replaced periodically. They're available at most drugstores. Discuss your options with your doctor so you know which type of support device you will work with you best. Or you can talk to your therapist. Uh, if you're suffering from a chronic injury, too severe for a cane to support, you might start looking into walkers. They got some cool ones nowadays with seats on them and storage areas and all that stuff. Hand brakes. Uh, they got some pretty nice ones out there. Uh, always take your cane or crutches with you. Try to look straight ahead and not down at your walking aid. This will help you keep your balance. A trolley is an effective way to carry items around the house and give you support. Uh, I think by tro trolley, they mean a hand cart with rollers on it. With a written prescription from your doctor, most health insurance plans will cover the cost of a cane. You can get a cane with a wrist strap, and then you won't drop it to make room. It's I, I have one. My main one has a wrist strap. I never use the damn strap, but I do drop my cane a lot. <laughs> so I should probably use the strap. Uh, to make room to make room it easier. That don't sound right. To get around the house. Move furniture to make more room for your walker. Uh, 
by an adjustable cane if you won't need it long. You can then give it to the next person who needs one. And with your rooms, uh, you also got to consider doorways. Some doorways aren't wide enough to get through with walkers. So um, you may have to adjust accordingly. It's like I got a nice seated walker, but I can't bring it into my house. Other than that, check your grips and stoppers often. Be careful around children and small animals. They can move quickly and be hard to see and get underneath your feet. Make sure your floor is free of clutter to prevent falling. Other than that, practice with your cane. Get it down pat, and next thing you know, it'll be just like an extension of your body, the way it should be. And we're running out of time, so I will get back with another portion right after this all right back for the second half i just was waiting for the other download to stop so i can start the second the second half of the show i called back the company that called me and it was for my cpap stuff and i'm asking them about why i paid a 50 dollars bill that i didn't i haven't had products from them from almost a year but I got a $50 bill, some new company took over the old company and a bunch of shit's going on. And I'm trying to get a new style mask and it's supposed to be covered by my insurance, but they're telling me I don't have 80% use on my machine. So I couldn't get it last month. So this month I made sure I got my 80% use out of the stupid machine and I end up getting a bill, but I get no item, no product. And the product, the new mask that I ordered is a 90-some dollar mask. So I'm assuming I paid over half of it. And I should have at least got the damn mask. But it's like, oh, I'm up. I talked to the lady and she's like, well, we don't have any records of your old stuff. It's like this bill was from you, not from my old company. And she wants me to fax her this shit. I don't have a fucking fax machine. So I got to dig this bill out and go to some bank or somewhere and that has a fax machine that I can fax this out of. <laughs> this is just pissing me off. <laughs> it's just, it just set my day off and running. So now I got, since I told her that, she's like, well, you can email it to me. So now I got to take pictures of it somehow, scan it. I don't have a scanner. Well, our new printer might have a scanner on it. Yeah, I think it does. I just haven't used it. And then I got to email it to her, and it's like, then she'll get back to me after she runs it through the insurance company and stuff, and it's like... <laughs> they, don't, they didn't answer a single freaking thing for me, and they're the ones that called. I it's so pissed off these fucking companies. But let's get back to some other MS Health stuff. <laughs> How about that? Uh, let's see. You want to lose a pound a day? <laughs> uh, I hope this isn't for everybody. You don't want to lose a pound a day if you're not overweight. That could be detrimental. But it is possible to lose a pound a day. 
for people that need that are obese, you need need achieve a calorie deficit to lose one pound of body weight. Although it may be possible to lose one pound per day, it would require you to limit your food intake quite a bit and significantly increase your activity levels. Well, yeah, it's like your body has a calorie top off that would be what you need for the day to get through and then if you eat more than that you're going to gain if you eat less than that you're going to lose and that's common sense while losing a pound of body fat per day may be challenging starting a new diet or exercise regimen can cause you to lose water weight very quickly well again workout exercise possibly lose some weight Duh. I mean, it's... Duh. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe they write these reports for some of this shit. Losing one pound per day involves drastically reducing your calorie intake and increasing your physical activity. Very low-calorie diets and excessive exercise may both be unhealthy and unsustainable. Well, no shit. If you're going to eat less, then your body's going to take less intake, less calorie intake, and then you're going to work out on top of it. Your body's going to be screaming out to you that it wants more. It needs more calorie intake to sustain the body if you're working out. Otherwise, your body's going to crash on you. That's just duh. <clears throat> but there's several strategies you can use to achieve long-term weight loss including drinking more water, modifying your diet, and adding more cardio to your routine. Uh, yeah, drinking water is definitely a good thing. And I've been told in the past, cold or warm water makes your body burn more calories because it has to adjust whatever fluids go into your body to your actual body temperature. So if it has to change the temperature of your fluids, then it's going to burn calories to do that, is what I was told. So definitely drink more water and make it ice water. It's better for you. Uh, reduce your intake of processed foods. Yeah, can and processed foods. Stay to the outside aisles of the grocery store is the best way to shop. Consume more protein. And it's depends on what type of diet you're on too it can be detrimental in other ways add cardio to your routine so yeah any exercise is going to be better if you want to lose weight eat more fiber rich foods that way you're more full and you don't have to have those nasty cravings all the time but although it may be theoretical possible theoretically possible Losing one pound of body fat per day would require you to significantly increase your physical activity and limit your food intake. Excessive exercise and very low calorie diets are associated with several serious side effects and may make it more difficult to lose weight in the long run. And if you're starving yourself, you're going to lose weight and then you're going to give up on the diet and go back to your old ways and all of a sudden you're going to gain twice as much fat. Every time you regain, every time I've regained, I've gained more back than where I was 
when I started the diet. Therefore, aiming for around one to two pounds of weight loss per week by making changes to your diet and lifestyle may, may be more realistic, sustainable, and healthy over the long term. Just focus on making yourself a diet that your body and lifestyle can accept long term. You don't want to sit there and do things that are, are going to affect you and you're not going to get, uh, not be able to stay on that type of routine for a long term or permanently. And you want something your body and you can enjoy and live with. You don't want something that's going to stress your body out and stress you out. And then you're just going to drop it eventually and give up on it anyways. Here's a list of anti-inflammatory foods. We've gone through these so many times, so I'm just going to pop through them quick. See if there's anything new on this list. Any berries like strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, fatty fishes like salmon, sardines, herring, mackerel, and anchovies, broccoli, avocados, green tea, peppers, chili peppers, bell peppers. They're all loaded with vitamin C. And antioxidants that have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Shrooms, mushrooms. Uh, a lot of them that you see normal, like truffles, portobello, mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms and stuff. And then the harder to find ones that are even more beneficial, like lion's mane and stuff. Those are great for you. Mushrooms are just awesome. The yeah, grapes, they can give you the shits if you eat too many of them. I know that. <laughs> but they're good for you to an extent. They can be sugary, don't forget. Turmeric, which we talked about not long ago. Extra virgin olive oil. But if you're going to cook anything that's over 350, do not use extra virgin olive oil use like a sunflower oil or avocado oil or some type of high high heat healthy oil otherwise you're going to open your oven and just have a big old billowing ball of smoke come rolling out if it gets cooked above 350 degrees or if you're cooking on a stove top you're going to have a bunch of smoke coming off it dark chocolate and cacao cocoa uh, not your swiss hot chocolate cocoa this is the real cocoa <laughs> cacao uh, tomatoes but also watch out because some people have problems with tomatoes i don't know if it's because of the lycopene or what but cherries uh the we, the tart cherry juice can be good for you and stuff we talked about in the past, but watch out for uh, different types of uh, brands and the sugar contents are very high in a lot of stuff like that. But yeah, things you want to stay away from are junk food, refined carbohydrates, fried foods, 
sugar-sweetened beverages, processed meats, trans fats, stuff like that. So, take those into consideration. Let's see. You don't want to work out? Well, you can motivate yourself. Some ways to motivate yourself. Define your why. You can't always rely on external factors such as a vacation to motivate you. Defining your why for exercise will give you a personal and emotional investment in the goals. You can make yourself a, what you call it, board that can give you some daily uh, ambition by looking at your board and seeing what you want done and why you want it done and maybe have some pictures of things that will motivate you pick a cause like whether you're a runner walker or crossfit fanatic choosing a cause to compete for a fork and really help you motivate you there's tons of competitions that support causes like alzheimer's research cancer research or funding for families multiple sclerosis research and uh, walks and stuff like that, cystic fibrosis research, suicide prevention, diabetes research, and advocacy. So if you need some type of push that way, you can try that. Always have a backup. Just in, put a just-in-case bag in your car with a change of workout clothes and a pair of shoes. Also have an alternate workout ready, such as walking a route by your work or when plans change, or if you have to work late, or something like that. Uh, Find a nice little route that you can walk, and get an estimate of the distance, so you can figure it out that way. Follow the 3 by 10 rule. Short on time, no problem. Take a 10-minute walk, three times a day. Swap out the evening walk for a few squats, push-ups, crunches, and you'll have a total body workout. All of these mini workouts add up quick and make a big dent in your overall exercise minutes for the week. That's the way I like doing is breaking it up throughout the day. It's like I said, I'm right now I'm on stair push-ups. I can't do a push-up on the ground without being on my knees. But if I do a push-up on the stairs as I go up the stairs, every time I go up and down the stairs, I'll do a certain amount of push-ups every time. And I can do a regular push-up on that stairs because of the incline you're not dealing with as much pressure on your shoulders and joints uh posted power and label sticky notes with positive messages about working out plaster them on your alarm clock bathroom mirror your computer at work or home they'll serve as a constant reminder to take care of your health uh They have virtual post-it notes you can put right on your computer screen, too. So when you turn on your computer, you'll see those notes. Uh, Use social media, skip the selfies and daily check-ins, and opt for using social media as a way to stay on track with your fitness goals. One study found that to support accountability and even healthy competition, burp attack. In online groups can help you adhere to an exercise routine 
And DDP Yoga, that's a great example. They got an awesome DDP Yoga uh, accountability site. Oh, just having a burp fest going on here. Uh, that's awesome. And there's tons of people on there at all times. You can always talk to anybody about anything. Get yourself motivated. You're having a rough day. Don't want to exercise. You start talking about it. And next thing you know, you're on the floor working out. But yeah, There's lots of good groups and a lot of exercise type rooms out there for you. Uh, tips for exercising on your own. Schedule it in your calendar. So you know what type of workout you want to do and for how long and where, then spend the 10 minutes playing your activity for, for your rest of the week. And research shows that having a daily routine that incorporates physical activity helps to promote regular exercise. When I have to do it, then I, I'd get it done. That's the way to, that's a good promotion to get stuff done. Uh, watch and work out. You can't, can't say no to your favorite TV show, hop on the treadmill or other cardio quit equipment and turn on the TV and watch the time fly by. And it's always good. My wife learned the basic DEP yoga moves and now she watches Rocky Horror Picture Show every night when she works out. Why? I have no idea, but she does. <laughs> uh, training for a race or special event can push you to get out of bed in the morning so if you want to set yourself up for a race or a run or some type of charity event that will help may help motivate you find a challenge to join you name it there's a challenge for it the squat challenge the plank challenge daily exercise challenge there's daily yoga things Ari Shapir does and stuff there's tons of things out there for you to try out uh, some tips for early risers, sleep in your clothes. <laughs> if you don't want, if you just want to jump out of bed and get to working out, there you go. But you're going to stink up your bed probably. Put your alarm out of reach so you have to actually get out of your bed to turn your alarm off. And then don't crawl back into bed. Gather your squad. It's uh, a lot easier to work out when you have a friend waiting for you. It's like you don't want to not wake up and leave them sitting outside waiting to go for a jog or a walk or whatever. Listen to a podcast while you're working out. I listen to podcasts while I'm doing anything. Pretty much even when I'm watching TV, if it's a sporting event, I'll turn the volume off and I'll listen to podcasts and do stuff on the computer all at the same time while I'm watching it. Gets more things done and out of the way. Uh, some tips for at-home workouts. Make sure you create a decent space for it. You can use a fitness app or you got like Amazon videos, YouTube videos, stuff like that. Put your phone in another room so it doesn't distract you. Uh, for daily exercises... You could always do like a lunch break workout. Do a workout during your work lunch break instead of sitting down just eating lunch. You can exercise anywhere, anytime. Uh, 
Each time you climb the stairs, do 25 squats, balance on one leg while brushing your teeth, or make calls while you're walking. And there's tons of ways to keep moving while you're doing other things. Nowadays, they have the stand desks, which I'm trying to get one of the stand desk companies to promote my podcast and get them as an advertiser because I, I'd really like to see that be one of my promotions. Uh, mix it up. Change your routine. Don't do the same routine over and over. You're going to burn yourself out. Make sure you rest. You don't want to overdo overburn out your body and end up injuring something. Uh, tips for the after work crew, workout people, exercise before you go home. Don't go home first and clean up and then you're like, eh, I don't feel like working out today. Stop at a gym, a track or a trail close to your work or home. Get your workout done before you get home. Uh, Sometimes the idea of exercising after a long day feels totally impossible. You can break it up into small segments. Uh, do a 10-minute warm-up before you even think about going home. After you get moving, there's a good chance you'll want to keep going. Uh, do what you love. Exercise after work should give you an energy boost. So do workouts that motivate you and you can enjoy doing if you want to go box, go box with some friends. Uh, if you want to go hiking, do that. On a bicycle, whatever makes you happy and isn't going to make you not want to work out. Some other tips to lose weight. Set small goals. Don't set big goals for yourself. Set small goals you can actually accomplish and feel like you accomplished something. Surround yourself with like-minded people so you can work out together and might get a little group thing going. Make your eating program more workable for you. If, if you're constantly altering items on a menu or packing food so you can stick to your diet, then you might want to rethink the plan you're on. Research shows that having an all-or-nothing mentality doesn't win out in the long run. Losing weight and keeping it off requires a lifestyle change that Gives you the freedom to live without scheduling your day around a diet. Just have a variety of things you can choose from that are good for you and build yourself, your body around that and your diet around it. Uh, always take a to-go container home. Don't eat your whole meal. Take half of it. Set it in a to-go container and then eat the other half. If you're still hungry, nibble on the other one. Otherwise, take it home with you if you aren't. A lot of times sharing a meal. A couple goes out, get one meal and split it. Don't get two meals. Uh, a lot of restaurants nowadays are putting way too much food on the plate anyways. Meal prep for one day a week. Just do your meal prep for the week and get it out of the way. Uh, good foods that for on the go include chicken breast, salad, fruit, veggies, Brown rice, sweet potatoes, fixings for burrito bowls. Uh, just make it up, divide it out for the week, and then you're set. Instead of having to cook every day. 
focus on adding and not taking away rather than getting rid of everything you think is unhealthy. Shift your focus to adding food that might be missing from your day, such as fruits and vegetables. Because if you get rid of everything out of your house and then you go on a diet and you're like, oh shit, I don't have everything I need, you're going to get hungry and you're going to break down and you're going to end up going back to your bad ways. Try one new recipe a week. And that's something I'm trying to get myself focused on. I got millions of good recipes I want to try that I've had for years. I haven't even touched them. So I want to start doing at least one a week. Swap sugary drinks for flavored water or just go to water, period. But you can stick cucumbers, strawberries, oranges, limes, mint, stuff like that in your water to give it some, some flavor if you want to try that. Let's see, are we running out of time here? Do we have time for anything else? Uh, They got some recipe ideas like stuffed sweet potatoes. You can do chicken pesto stuffed sweet potatoes, taco stuffed sweet potatoes. Vegetarian stuff, sweet potatoes, Mediterranean baked sweet potatoes. You can do grain bowls, like a Thai chicken Buddha bowl, a salmon grain bowl with lemon tahini sauce, a sweet potato and chickpea Buddha bowl. Any of these recipes you could look up just by punching in what I'm saying. I'm sure you'll find them online. Uh, frittatas. Veggie-loaded frittatas are good, and it's basically egg quiche-style things. Spring vegetable frittata, a cheesy chicken pepper broccoli frittata, a wild mushroom frittata with cheddar, green onions, and peas. That one sounds good. Dinner salads. You can do like a chicken shawarma, shawarma salad with tahini dressing, a superfood salmon salad. A crunchy Asian chopped salad. And there's so many ways you can make a good salad. Uh, Loaded brown rice pasta. uh, Broccoli pesto chicken pasta. Or a roasted vegetable chickpea pasta salad. Or zucchini, zucchini, zucchini noodles with mini chicken feta and spinach meatballs. I, uh, I picked up a box of the chickpea pasta noodles i haven't tried yet but the vegetable noodles we really enjoyed some we had a couple times now and they got a ton of different zucchini noodles and stuff you can get pre-cooked you just got microwave or ones that you can cook up that hold up nicely and don't fall apart like they did in the past soups like a creamy yellow split pea soup or a curry chicken soup or a lentil lentil kale and quinoa stew this time of year is perfect for soups if you live in the Midwest or in the colder environments. Uh, curry, which I found gross, but many people like. A quick and simple Thai chickpea curry. Or an easy one-plan salmon curry, red curry. Or a 30-minute Thai chicken curry. You can try out stuff like that. If you want the burger, go for a chickpea pizza burger. Or a spinach feta salmon burger. Or a seriously good sweet potato cheddar barbecue chicken burger. 
whole roasted chickens. A nice way to get yourself a variety of meals for the week. Easy tomato avocado salad you can make out of it. You make favorite green salad with apples, cranberries, cranberries and pepitas. A sun-dried tomato salad with olives and feta. Go great with chicken. Uh, sheet pan meals that you can make. Like a sheet pan harissa chicken with chickpeas and sweet potatoes. A sheet pan lemon brown butter salmon with Parmesan asparagus. Ooh, that sounds good. A sheet pan chicken fajitas. Or vegetarian Mediterranean sheet pan dinner. And there's tons of things you can play with. Just start with a few recipes and then you'll gradually come up with some ideas to add some things yourself. And who knows what you'll come up with. I mean, for some reason, I got spirulina, which is, it's like a biomass of blue-green algae that can be consumed by humans and animals. Uh, for some reason, I was checking that out. It's high, it contains no B12 naturally, so you're going to want to definitely get B12 in you. Uh. They use it in animals and aquaculture. According to one U.S. research thing, evidence is insufficient to recommend spirulina supplementation for any human condition. So I've heard about it in the past. Now it's curious, but I'd do more research if you're going to get into it for a dietary supplement. So you might want to look into it. Other than that, <clears throat> we're going to end it there today. Running out of time. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick shit, monster. Uh, we'll get back to you tomorrow with the normal Thursday episode. Other than that, have a week.